0: Essay by Sarah Chinke Mother, you golden one, the one who is also dark and dingy, gatekeeper of the seas, fierce and unforgiving. The one who gives with the right hand and takes with the left hand. The strange mysterious one. Human now. Goddess next. I am back at your gates. It has been years quite a very long time years since you first heard my pleas and you granted my impossible request I have not forgotten I will never forget you granted my request and I never returned to say thank you I never returned as you asked me to but how was I supposed to take my newly born baby to come to the center of the village the center of nowhere in the deep dark night just to pay homage to you how was I supposed to stand by the path leading to the left with my day-old baby all through all through the night to the morning just to please you and just to say thank you? I couldn't. What you asked of me was impossible and you knew it. Is that why you dealt me a heavy blow like you did? Is that why you took my bundle of joy, including all the joy and happiness that you never gave me? This is the diary of Isoke, mother to Essie. So five years had gone by since Isoke and Daniel got married. They had no children yet. And no one could actually... Decipher why this worse. One day, a and his wife traveled all the way from Bini and they showed up in Jaws to see their daughter, Isoke. Paeguaku wanted to know what was hindering. His children's fruitfulness. Even though they all knew that Isoke will eventually have a child, they couldn't take any more chances. So Paeguagu asked Daniel if he was man enough, if his sack had enough seeds, if he was ready to make a baby all his questions were so patronizing and he will not stop he went on to ask do you have an infectious disease is there something eating away your seed what do you eat do you eat fresh food? Do you drink enough water? Have you tried taking meals made out of unripe plantain and chicken? He asked and asked and asked. Isoké was thoroughly embarrassed by her father's questions. So she left the living room and went to her rose garden behind the house. And while there, she cried, she wept, letting her tears water a bunch of red roses. Then she stared into the petals of the rose, and she wondered if she would ever have a child as beautiful as these roses. It was a sad thing. a while, Epa Gwakum appeared behind her and he began to talk to her. Isoke, my daughter, you know how much your mother and I have been excited raising you as our only biological child. You know that we have given everything to see you grow into your best, best self. And we have always dreamt that your life will be much better than ours. If it were up to me, you would marry the son of the head of state, son of a minister, or a general, a prince, or some businessman who travels all over the world but you chose a banker with little family background one who grew out of uh, you know a family with only one child as well that was not my original choice for you but now I regret not stopping you from marrying Daniel for your husband has refused to put you in a family way. Isoke interrupted her father's words. She was hurt by them. Why did he see the need to accuse only her husband for infertility? But her father will have none of her outbursts. He needed a male child from her to carry on with his legacy. He was old and her mother was getting old as well. They had everything. They had so much wealth. They only wanted to pass on the wealth to their daughter and to their grandchildren. This delay was not good for anyone at all. So, Epai Gwagong told her, I don't care what you say, but you are coming with me and your mother back to Benin. We must seek a solution for this delay. Yes, I know you have your faith, you have your religion, but we have our old ways that worked for us in the past. Before you were born, after your mother and I waited for over eight years for a child and none was forthcoming, your mother had to perform some rites. She had to perform some ordinances based on culture. And after a while, she finally got pregnant with you. Isoke will have none of her father's advice and after he had left with her mother back to Bini she visited prophet Abraham who was well known and revered in the city of Joss at that time and immediately she got to his office before she even opened her mouth to talk to him he gave her a very cheery news and he informed her that God had heard her prayers and truly, during that same month, she conceived of Essie and gave birth to her nine months later. Everywhere was agog with celebrations. Everyone was happy. They had a very, very glamorous naming ceremony for the baby. And Isoke, okay. with her daughter Essie and Daniel, started a very new happy life. They raised their daughter, giving her everything. And she was a princess in that home. One year passed, two years passed, three years passed, four years passed, five years. And no other child was forthcoming. Soon, Daniel began to get agitated and his behavior began to change. He started going to work early and coming back very late and he Isoke could see the signs that if she did not have another child soon, that her marriage with Daniel may disintegrate. So she packaged him and they together took along so many beautiful gifts for prophet Abraham and they went visiting him again. Do not seek for another child. This one child is all I see for you, Isokel. In her, you have gotten ten children. Isokin was heartbroken. Daniel was so angry. They left prophet Abraham's office that day. Very angry, they even forgot to give him the gifts they had in their boots. A month later, Isoke was in Bini. It was two hours after midnight. She had on her head a very big basket. She was wearing white from head to toe. The basket had two hands one cockerel, one piece of yam, two eggs, several ornaments, incense and things wrapped in green leaves with strings, things she knew not enough. Her mother had put the basket together for her. She was walking straight to the place where three footpaths meet. Once she got there, she dropped her basket on the ground. She looked around her. It was pitch dark. All she could hear was the sound of little birds chirping here and there in the dark trees. But she could see nothing and she could hear nothing else apart from the nature around her. she was scared scared like she has never been before turning back to her path where she came from she could no longer see it she was trapped in the middle of nowhere she spinned around and she lost direction completely she went on her knees and she began to weep and cry and beg that all she wanted Was another child, a male child. After an hour of crying, of weeping, of looking around to see if she could find her path home again, she saw someone approaching from afar from where she did not know. It was a tall figure, someone above six feet, She did not know why she began to tremble, but a certain and a sudden fear came upon her. Footsteps from all over, but only one person was approaching. She could not run. She stood there, shivering, wondering if her life was over at the minute. Then she could see a woman dressed in gold. The woman was so tall and regal. She had gold ornaments all over her. She looked so extremely adorned with beautiful things. Ah, Isoke could not understand why she could see everything on her, because everywhere was pitch dark. As the woman approached, Isoke was trapped in her head. She could not scream. She could not talk. She could not stand. She could not run away. She could do nothing but wait, wait for the woman to approach. And finally, when the tall gold woman was directly in front of her, just a feet or two away, Isoke looked up to her and she wept and she pleaded she finally found her voice so she cried help me mother help me (sighs) and in her mind she knew this may be the last day she will spend in this world SC by Sarah Chinky